Unfortunately, I don't have a glass of wine with me today or any wine at all, but I'm still going to tell you the story either way. So, this story I'm going to be talking about how the anime Sword Art Online inspired me to become a game designer or get involved with any sort of game development, designing, Or making because I am an avid video game lover and anime and video games really go well together especially with this anime so right now I'm going to talk about sword art online and I'm going to give a brief summary slash mini story of what this anime really is The year is 2022, Sword Art Online, a VR MMORPG, a virtual reality, massively multiplayer online role-playing game, is released where the players control their characters with their minds through a device called Nerve Gear. This device can stimulate the player's senses into the game, making it feel extremely realistic. When the game launched, only 10,000 players had the possibility to log in for the first time, but to their surprise, they were unable to log out of the game. Akihiko Kayaba, the creator of the game, appears to them and tells them that they need to beat all bosses of the 100 floors within the game in order to get out. Otherwise, they will stay forever in the virtual wor- world. And of course, if they die in game or someone removes the nerve gear, they will lose their lives in real life. So the players, after freaking out, try to beat the game and get back to their real body. So this anime also comes in a manga book. That's where it started out before it became a TV show or the actual animated series. So I will be telling the story from the manga, a couple chapters that I found inspiring, and some inspiring episodes that I thought were like, whoa, this is what like I want to do right now. This makes me want to be like, the game designer oh my god the technology and this is amazing i wish it could be like this in real life so here we go Technology has advanced to the point where video games can now be full immersion experiences, where the player's mind feels as if they were actually inside the game. As the story begins, a new MMORPG, Sword Art Online, launches as the first MMO to use this full dive technology. The main character, Kirito, a beta tester, logs in on launch day along with 10,000 other lucky players. Soon after logging in, Kirito meets a new friend called Klein, a newbie to SAO. Kirito decides to spend the day teaching Klein about the basics, as you would teach any other noob. As the sun sets, Klein decides to log out in order to pick up a pizza and thanks Kirito for the pointers. Only he can't find the log out button, and neither can Kirito. Without the ability to log out, Klein and Kirito are stuck in the game. The nerve gear used to play the game intercepts muscle movements, so the only way to get out is for someone to pull off the nerve gear. 
However, before Klein and Kirito have more time to think about the situation, they and the rest of the 10,000 players are transported to the town squares, where they are created by Kayaba Akihiko, the creator of the Nerve Gear and Sword Art Online. As it turns out, the lack of a logout button is not a bug, it's a feature. The players are trapped within the game by Kayaba Akihiko. The players are trapped within the game by Kayaba. Any attempt to remove the nerve gear will result in the player's brain being fried by the helmet. Several people have apparently died because of this. The only way for everyone to escape is for the players to clear all 100 floors of the dungeon and by beating the boss on each floor. Only then they will be allowed to log out. Also, since everyone is going to be stuck for a while, Kayaba gives everyone an item that changes their avatar to look like their real world selves. You can't hide anymore. Also, there is one last rule. If you die in the game, the Nerf Gear headset will kill you in the real world. Wow. Kayaba finishes announcement and the entire square dissolves. Kayaba finishes his announcement and the entire square goes into a panic. Kirito grabs Klein and makes plans to hop to the next town to do some level grinding before everyone else starts grinding like crazy. However, Klein can't bear to abandon his friends and sends Kirito off on his own, reassuring him that he'll be okay and he will start a guild with his friends. As they part, Kirito charges to the next town, vowing to survive this world. Months later, hundreds of players have already died, but Kirito is still alive for now. So it looks like he has become a solo player. It's really relatable to me because when I play video games, I usually am a solo player. I don't play with friends. I don't play in guilds. I kind of just do my own thing and level up. So this character, Kirito, is really relatable and super cool. In the two months since the launch of Sword Art Online, over 2,000 players have died as a result of Kayaba, trapping them in the game, yet no one has been able to defeat or even locate the first boss of the first floor's labyrinth. On December 2, 2022, a player named Dievel calls a group of players, including Kirito, together to form a raiding group, having found the boss's chambers. As players form into parties in preparation of the raid, Kirito forms a party with a young girl named Asuna. This is where the love story starts. During the meeting, a player named Kiabo suddenly places blame for the deaths of the other players on beta testers currently logged in, claiming that they had prior knowledge of the game but refused to share this information or aid new players, demanding compensation in exchange for their lives. Another player, Agil, diffused the situation by stating that an in-game guidebook available to all players for free had information gathered by players during the beta test. The same guidebook had information on the first floor's boss, Ilfang the Kobold Lord, who wielded a large axe with a shield and was aided by kobold sentinel minions. With Ilfang's HP reduced to one bar, according to the guidebook, he discards his axe and brandishes a tower. With the information, the raiding party decide to leave in the morning to fight the boss. So usually raid groups, when they form together and try to defeat a new boss, it is a pretty big thing, especially in all gaming. So this is a really exciting start for the game, but they have to be careful and make sure they all complete this level and uh, make sure they defeat the boss or else 
They will all die. The next day, the raiding party will make way for Ilfang's chamber. The battle goes well at first when Ilfang's HP is reduced to one bar. Diavel tells the other raiders to fall back so he can finish it off. However, Kirito suddenly noticed that instead of the Tawar, Ilfang now used a Nodachi, completely changing his attack patterns. Note, when you are playing a game or before a game releases and you are a beta tester, the reason why a gaming company chooses you as a beta tester so you can give information or any glitches or any differences about a game to use for future players when they are actually playing the game. So even Kirito didn't know this and he was a beta tester. Diavo is fatally hit by Ilfang. When Kirito offers a healing potion, Diavo rejects it. Kirito then realizes that Diavo is a fellow beta tester. He intended to get the last attack bonus on the boss so he can get an extra reward, which is usually like a trinket or something cool with in your inbox. With his dying breath, Diavo begs Kirito to defeat the boss. With Diavel dead, Kirito and Asuna step up to challenge Ilfang. In spite of Ilfang's overwhelming speed, Asuna is able to evade his attacks. Together, Kirito and Asuna attack Ilfang until Kirito lands the final blow upon the, upon the kobold lord and destroys it, clearing the first floor and earning the Coat of Midnight as his last attack reward. So he ended up getting the special reward, which is pretty fun. The raiding party celebrates their victory, but Kiavo suddenly accuses Kirito of letting Diavel die because he withheld information about the boss. Which, to be honest, he didn't even know either. Distrust begins to spread around, around the raiding party as everyone could be a beta tester. Kirito, realizing that this could be... This could cause backlash against any beta testers playing the game, suddenly proclaims to be better than any other beta tester, boasting that he made it further than the other testers and he knew more about the game than any other player. Kiabu and many other raiders go on to accuse Kirito of being a cheater, or worse, a beater, which is a beta tester and a cheater. Equipping his new coat of midnight, Kirito leaves, cautioning Asuna to find a guild that she can trust since there are limits to how much a soul player can do. He dispenses a party with Asuna and walks away. So, solo player going on his own way. I guess he's going to try to get everything done on his own and then, you know, figure it out. So now I'm going to go a little bit more into the anime about halfway through and this is the kind of the part that you know they're getting close to finishing up all the floor levels but something's always off when Kirito realizes something same with Asuna and shit gets real. So Asuna ended up being in a really, really good guild, and they have become one of the top guilds to join the front lines and also beating all the dungeons and all the floors. And Kirito's a solo player, but she's also in the top guild, so they both kind of work together sometimes. And the guild leader is a guy called Heathcliff. And Heathcliff is this overly absurd, powerful leader that no one knows who he really is, and he never told about his like real self. So we're about to find out. Kirito and Heathcliff arrange to duel in a coliseum on the 75th floor. Asuna is displeased with Kirito for accepting Heathcliff's challenge since he has a unique skill like Kirito's dual blades. 
Holy Sword, which grants him peerless attack and defensive power, such as his HP bar is never seen to be dropping low enough to turn yellow. Kirito understands the risk, but still plans to win. Hmm. Suspicious yet? Kirito makes his way into the packed Colosseum with his duel with Heathcliff, a first blow battle with the winner being whoever manages to deplete the set portion of the opponent's HP, and if Kirito wins, he can take Asuna away from the guild and doesn't have to deal with this weird Heathcliff guy, but if Heathcliff wins, even though his attack bar can never drop, uh, apparently Kirito, the quote, solo on player, has to join the guild, and he this pleases guilds. Come on, you're a solo player. Why would you want to play with anyone else? The two seem evenly matched, with Kirito's dual-wielding swords and speed-balancing out Heathcliff's attack with tanky defense. Just as it seems Kirito is about to land the winning blow, however, Heathcliff suddenly dodges his attack with unusual speed and counters, defeating Kirito. With this, Kirito officially conscripted unto KOB, which is the Knights of blue blood which you know he ended up losing so kirito ends up joining the guild because he lost with asana and the following day as kirito prepares for his duties with the knights of bloods he explains to asana about the moonlit black cats story time this is an old guild that he joined when he was around his 20s levels in mid-game. And he loved, he really liked this guild, but he was a way higher level than the guild members because he thought, oh, maybe I could join a guild. Ha ha ha. But they, he ended up leading them into a dungeon which had like a treasure room but ended up being a trap. And all of the guild members died. And it it's just really insane because they had a guild leader who went out to get like a house for the guild and stuff like that. And Kirito was the only survivor. So that actually affects your mental health because these players that died and Kirito couldn't do anything except to defeat the uh, monsters that were attacking them. But he couldn't save the guild members. And seeing how they, they die in real life, he you know, ha- now has a thing about guilds he can't join anymore because, you know... All his last guild players really died. And the story gets really deep too because after that guild leader that went out to get a house came back and Kirito told him like, look dude, your guild members died. He like committed suicide because those were his friends in like in real life and they were all like computer nerds together. So this is a very, very, very deep anime because... I saw that, I was just like, oh my gosh. So when he told Asuna about the moonlit black cats and how their demise is the reason why he avoids joining guilds, realizing his grief, Asuna comforts him and promises to protect him. Aww. So Kirito's first duty with his guild is a training exercise with a guild member, which is a senior member of the build, and Kurodo, which is like the creepy guild member who follows Asuna around, who apologized for his previous actions and promises to be a good guild mate. Noted, all the people in this guild are wheeler, but they're top, they're a top guild, like I said, on the front lines as well, so I guess they're just testing him on his strength. While taking a break from their excursion, however, Kirito and Godfrey are rendered paralyzed by their poison-laced drinks. Curadale then proceeds to murder Godfrey, holy crap, and reveals to Kirito that after the duel, 
after the duel, he joined the PK Guild Laughing Coughing, which is a murder guild. Like I said, this anime, like when they jump into this gaming world, there's like murder, there's suicide, there's all this kind of stuff. There's good and evil, like just like real life. This game is real life. It's mind blowing. All right, moving on. Before Kirito can kill Kirito, however, he is attacked by Asuna, the one last second, who came when she saw Godfrey's player indicator vanish from her map. Kirito begs for mercy and takes advantage of Asuna's lenience and try to attack her, but Kirito fends him off and drives his hand into his gut, depleting Kirito's HP and killing him. Woo! Murder! Yay, video games! <laughs> Alright, Asuna breaks down into tears and believing she was the reason that Kirito almost died, begging him to forget about her. Kirito, however, suddenly kisses her and comforts her. Oh yeah, we got some love going on right here. Alright, so he asks Asuna to let him stay with her that night and they, at her house after dinner. And they have dinner together and they like he asks her out. And I guess in the game you get married, so I guess... They get married and they take a break from the front lines because sometimes you just need a break from killing other people when you're in love. So they moved to the 22nd floor. They had a village that they could stay and they just sat there and fished and did nothing and enjoyed life for a little bit. Which is funny, in real game, like other video games like right now, there's a game called like Legend of Zelda where you... Like, you're supposed to save the princess and do all these quests and stuff to save the princess. But there's literally one portion of the game where you can just, oh, hey, let me just go fish for a little bit and get some, like, food for my HP to rise. Yeah, I'm not going to save the princess. She can go wait. I'm just going to, you know, fish, take a break, you know. People are dying all around me. No big deal. <laughs> so I guess, you know, gamers need breaks too, yo. Alright, so now I'm going to start ending off the story of Sword Art Online, the first season, um, with how they, how Kirito eventually beats the game and all that kind of stuff. Then I will go into how that compares to me as going into being a game designer. Alright, so this is the last episode or the last part of the story. Here we go. Kirito and the boss reading group managed to slay the Skull Reaper. And they are right now on like the 80th floor. They think they're almost about to beat it. But they're with that creepy guild and that Heath, random Heathcliff guy that he couldn't beat earlier. And it's just pretty crazy. So they're the top guild or the remaining players are trying to beat this floor. And there's a lot of people dead. And they're the only ones who can do it. So... Let's go on. Kirito and the boss reading group managed to slay the Skull Reaper, but with 14 high-level players dead, oh my god, morale begins to drop sharply as the players start to wonder if they can make it through the remaining 25 floors with the bosses on those floors being more powerful than the Skull Reaper. Note, this guy is really hard to kill. Kirito then notices something odd. All of the surviving party members were exhausted and low on HP, save for Heathcliff, whose HP was still in the green zone, and who com appears completely composed. He was not phased. Like I said, his HP didn't go down. Such bitches. Remembering their duel with Heathcliff and managed to avoid an attack with a speed that should not be possible in the game, Kirito suddenly asks Heathcliff, but his attack is deflected. 
Kirito suddenly attacks Heathcliff, but his attack is deflected without any attempt from Heathcliff's to counter-attack an, quote, immortal object, indication usually meant for indestructible items and environments, appears at the point of impact. The other players take notice and are perplexed. Kirito explains that Heathcliff's immortal object status meant his HP meter would never drop low enough to turn yellow. In addition, he wondered where Kayaba, the game's creator, was watching the other players from. Before coming to a realization, role-playing games were fun to make and play, but boring to watch. Kayaba surely knew this, and thus inserted into the game as Heathcliff. Oh my god, he's one crazy mofo. Heathcliff confirms that he is indeed Kayaba. He reveals that everything that he had happened up to this point was part of a narrative he wanted to convey. When the players made it to the 90th floor, he planned to betray KOB, the guild that he's in, and set himself up in the Ruby Palace on the 100th floor to serve as the game's final boss. Kirito's dual blade skill awarded him for having the fastest reaction time among all of the players also factored into his plan, as it would be given to the player that Heathcliff would designate the hero of the story. One player tries to attack Heathcliff, but Heathcliff uses his GM, which is like game manager privileges, to place the raiding party under paralysis. Except for Kirito. Kirito asks Heathcliff if he plans to kill everyone because they know the truth, but Heathcliff deemed it would be unfair. If he killed all the highest level players, then who would clear the game? As a reward for deducing his identity, however, Heathcliff offers Kirito the chance to duel him right away. If Kirito won, the game would end and everyone would be liberated. He would even disable his GM status. Despite Asuna's protest, because of out of her love for him, Kirito accepts the challenge. After saying his farewells to Klein and Agil and asking Heathcliff to prevent Asuna from killing herself should he lose, much to Asuna's distress. The two fight. Kirito and Heathcliff seem a perfect match for one another, with Kirito relying on his own strength and instincts, knowing that Heathcliff programmed all of the game's sword skills and instantly would counter them. Just as Kirito is desperate to land and hit on Heathcliff only once, he accidentally activates a sword skill which Heathcliff blocks, breaking one of Kirito's swords and counters. Before Heathcliff can finish Kirito, however, Asuna, having overcome her paralysis out of sheer force by will, jumps in between the two and takes the fatal blow. I'll catch a grenade for you, yeah, yeah. Okay, pretty much that. When her body disappears in Kirito's arms, Kirito loses his will to fight and allows himself to be run through. As his HP reaches zero, however, he remembers Asuna's words of encouragement. Thus, through his own force of will, he survives the blow long enough to take Asuna's sword and stabs Heathcliff, driving his HP to zero. No, he was, like, already disappearing and dead, and he, like, his spirit literally just stabs him. Thus, on November 7th, 2024, Sword Art Online was officially cleared. Yay! Kirito awakens in the sky over Aincrad, which is the city dungeon area that they were in. Asuna by his side, miraculously alive. Thank God. Beneath them, Aincrad slowly disintegrated. They are joined by Kayaba, which not appearing as Heathcliff, but he as, as he appeared in the real world. He explains the game service 
in the process of self-deleting. The approximate 6,000 surviving players have already been logged out. All the players who died, however, were gone forever, both in the virtual world and in the real world. When asked why he did everything up to this point, Kayaba says he doesn't remember. He recalls a dream he had when he was young about a castle floating in the sky and wished to make a castle like that, one that was free from the laws and restrictions of the real world. He then departs, not before congratulating Kirito on clearing SAO. And yeah, that's he wake and then he awakens in a hospital room and tries to find Asuna. So as a gamer, you can see that Sword Art Online has kind of been every gamer's dream. And that Kayaba guy tried to make it a reality, which I wish, you know, maybe not the whole killing part in game, killing part in real life, but that'd be so cool to just like jump in the game and you could do whatever you want in the game. You can have powers, you can level up and you can be PVP fight and you can do so much in the game and, you, you know, you don't have to do anything in real life. I hope this technology will be developed soon right here in real life. Note, this story, it may be a little deep, and I have mentioned things that might be unsuitable for some listeners, but that's just this anime. It was deep, there was some killing, there was some sad stuff, there was some happy stuff, but that's that's also just real life as well. It's just in-game and with pretty colors and swords and stuff, so. All right. Moving on, so this, why did this anime inspire me to become like a game designer? Why would I want to create a game like this? Not really, I don't really want to create a game that, you know, you could die with taking off your headset or you die in game, die in real life. That is not my point. So, as a gamer, this anime stood out to me because I have always thought, What if I were able to completely jump into a video game and live the life of a character fighting and using magic and all that fun stuff? Sometimes dreams shouldn't become a reality if you knew that there was a greater cost of fun and experience like that. Death. Normally when you play a video game that involves fighting, you could die, but you just start over and be resurrected in a few seconds. If you're someone who just started playing playing video games and you are just at level one beginner most likely you could die easily in the game without prior knowledge and then you could build your level up and become stronger that's usually how games work luckily in sword art online you can level up and become stronger as you reach different level floors and your chances of dying are slim but when it comes to floor clearing dungeons you need a group of other players to help you or you literally die fighting with the boss alone which is usually a super high level and many people have already died in the game so you have to be pretty strong and your friends have to be strong too or else So this anime talks about game development as well and how like a game is created, why and such as and how it started with just like a seed or coding. This anime also talks about virtual reality gaming and right now in the gaming world, right in the real world, um, virtual reality is starting to become a big thing. It's still kind of in the process, you know, you still got the little remote controls, you got your headset. But I feel like that the chances of maybe going into a full dive where you can, like I said, have your consciousness in the game and you can like feel everything in the game would be happening pretty soon with just the technology it has. Also, Japan is also a big factor of this kind of technology as well, and they are already testing it out. So will this game become a reality? 
who will know also i was still around in high school so i was just a gamer all i did was draw characters all that fun stuff i've never done any game developing or animating character designing and all that kind of stuff because i was just like oh wow i'll just play the games instead and around when college came that's when there was like oh you can get a degree in game designing and stuff like that and I'm like wow okay I thought that would be pretty cool so I especially after watching the anime I kind of thought hmm since no one's really started to think at that time that a game like this could happen what if I started an idea of creating a game like this or the kind of technology of this? Like the virtual reality, full dive system, you know, the fantasy game. I thought that would be the coolest thing to create. You know, I'm a big dreamer. So after doing a ton of research and, you know, like I said, going to college and taking some of the classes, I realized that so I learned coding aspects of the game, I learned the software, uh, the game design, the character design, and even concept art, and I started off, to be honest, with anime, I even drew a lot of Sword Art Online characters, but then, like, as I play video games right now, I try to study them a little more and be like, oh, how is this created, how can this be, like, what if this is a game I could dive into, like, how would I play this game if I was the actual player in the game instead of using a control system i can just use my head that would be super cool because you have a lot of game developers have deep emotions and they can create deep games and you can probably create cool experience with the game like i said don't kill anyone in real life on there so that would be super fun if there was like a reality type of a game if you can like touch taste smell and even well you can still probably have your emotions because that's part of your will but you can also like hold other players hands you can hug another player you know if you have friends in there that would just be like super awesome and i hope that one day like that technology can be created and i would love to jump on that and start working on that kind of project and hopefully to release a game that i would enjoy so while hearing the story on how this anime is and like this anime story which is kind of a big part of it and how my story as a game designer which is still being developed right now uh how they connected even though it's just an anime but with gaming involved it created a huge world that of them like it's not impossible to create anything you want. There's no limits. That would be super cool. And, you know, I hope that these virtual reality games will like continue to be worked on and eventually exist. But I'll leave you with one question. Would you rather be in your current reality or in a video game reality that you can do anything or that you can create anything. So think about that. And I just want to say thank you for listening to Sword Art Online story and a little bit of my story and background in game design and how I want to achieve that in my future career. And, and thank you for listening to Wine with Anime with Nikki. And sayonara.